Happy Independence Day, everybody. This is episode number 18. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Thank you for pressing play today. We have a great show for you. We're going to be talking about how to put a great band together, and not only a band, but any team. How do you put a great team together? But for our purposes, we're going to use the band analogy. But before I do, I wanted to I want to just say thank you to all of you. I've been meeting people here and there and everywhere, just about everywhere that I go, that they see me and they say, hey, I, I heard the podcast. I like what you're doing. And I just like to say thank you for pressing play like I do every every day when I start the episode. I'm going to begin today's content by talking basketball with you. I hope that you also like basketball or at least can understand my analogies. I'm an NBA fan, so I'm going to talk NBA basketball right now. Do you remember the Portland Trailblazers from the year 2000? It was an all-star team that included Scottie Pippen, who, if you don't know who Scottie Pippen is, Scottie Pippen was Michael Jordan's right-hand man. I think everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. So this Portland Trailblazers team from 2000 included Scottie Pippen, Steve Smith, Rashid Wallace, among others. And that was like their version of the Big Three, what we call the Big Three today. How about the 2003 and the 2004 Los Angeles Lakers team? Do you remember them? That team had Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kobe Bryant. Well, guess what? Neither of those teams won a championship. And if you think about it for a few minutes, I'm sure that you can think of other teams that looked good on paper, but never got close to a championship. Now I know this happens for a variety of reasons, but the point that I'm trying to make here is this. Just because you put a team of highly skilled professionals together does not mean your team will perform at a championship level. And that's because there are some other qualities that are also important that must be present. The same is true when putting a band together. It's not enough to simply get a group of the best players that you know, book a few concerts, and wish for the best. That's not good enough. I'm reminded of a story. When I was in college, I had to play a recital. And we had to play two recitals in order to graduate, one junior year and one senior year. Well, in my first recital, I got a group of players who I thought, in my opinion, were the best players in the college. And I remember, after the fact, my professor told me in so many words that that we put on a pretty awful concert. And he was a pretty harsh judge, but I had to take into consideration what he said. And he told me, The recital was made, it was supposed to feature me. And I put together some players that outshined me. And he told me that they did not have my best interest in mind. That they weren't really there to assist me and make me look good. I never considered that. I just thought about putting together a team that would put on a great performance. And I thought that I had did that. So the following year, when I had to put on... The senior recital, I took his words 
into consideration and I actually applied the lessons that I learned from the first attempt, or I should say the failures from the first attempt, I used to adjust and get better on my second attempt. And I, I have to say, the ensemble as a whole was a lot better, even though on paper, the team that I had from the first year was better than the team I had the second year. I hope that story makes a little sense to you. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you have a similar story of your own that comes to mind when I tell you my story, my experience. The point is, when you put a team together, you want to put a team together that works well, but also works well with you, especially if you're the leader of the group. I have a list of 19 traits, yes, 19 traits, that are important to me when putting a great band together. Now this list is not by any means all inclusive. In fact, you might have your own important characteristics, but I want to get your juices flowing. Maybe I'll give you some new ideas. First, I will begin with the character of the person, which has nothing to do with the musical capabilities. So number one, and this has to do with personality traits here. Number one, I look for a trustworthy person. This is almost self-explanatory. You want a person that will be at the job when you need them to be at the job. As a band leader, the last thing you need to do is worry about if your band members will show up. So the first thing on, the, on my list is to have a trustworthy person in that regard. Number two, honesty. I'm looking for an honest person. I suppose that I could combine honesty with being a trustworthy, but I'm not because it's worth saying twice. I know some people that will sub out of a job last minute for a few more dollars. Don't do that. In short, you're burning, you're burning bridges and word spreads quickly on things of this matter. So really in the end, you're, you're hurting your own reputation. Number three, I'm looking for a humble person. I was in a band with a guy that thought he was a lot better than he actually was. It seemed as though everyone knew the truth but him. It's amazing how that happens too, isn't it? No one wanted him around. The reason they didn't want him around was not because of his ability or lack thereof. The reason nobody wanted him around was because he had a proud heart. So the third trait that I look for personally when putting a band together is a humble heart. Number four, patience. There's really no such thing as an overnight success. And I really prefer not to work with someone who's looking for that because there's gonna be frustration throughout that journey. So I try to cut that off at the pass. Number five, I look for a flexible person. One of my favorite Chicago Bulls players right now is Jimmy Butler. And forgive me, guys, you know I'm from Chicago, so I have to use my Bulls as an example. But Jimmy Butler plays defense. He scores offense. He grabs rebounds. He gets steals. Whatever the team needs him to do, he can do it, and he delivers. I like that flexibility. But I guess the most important thing here when we're talking about flexibility is flexibility in attitude. We just watched the San Antonio Spurs embarrass the Miami Heat recently in the NBA Finals. And they were able to do that because they had a total team effort in place. There was a specific time I remember when Greg Popovich had Manu Ginobili sitting on the floor at the scorer's table waiting to check in. And then he changed his mind and told Manu Ginobili, get back on the bench. Manu did that without any fuss to the coach. Got back on the bench, watched the game, was cheering on his teammates that was on the floor playing. 
And I remember the announcers making a big deal about how Manu didn't make a big deal of his coach asking him to get back on the bench. The reason is he was a team player. He had an idea for the vision, or I should say he had the same vision that his coach had. The leadership was able to put in place the vision and the team was on one accord. So it didn't matter if he was in the game playing or if his teammate was in the game playing because he trusted his coach and he trusted his vision and he trusted his judgment. So for that reason, I personally look for a flexible person. Sometimes last minute things happen and maybe things don't go according to plan and in the moment you need to change your plan. So I look for flexible people who don't show attitude, who just go with the flow. And maybe if you're a trumpet player and you're a lead trumpet player, but tonight I need you to play solo, solo work, go with the flow. That's really important. I hope these analogies are making sense to you. I guess the point here is to be more of a team player and not a selfish player, uh, to think of your, your teammates or your bandmates instead of yourself first and only. Personality trait number six is friendly people. I need to have a friendly person in the band. Actually, my whole band needs to be friendly. I mean, think about it. You're going to spend a lot of your time with your bandmates. You're going to spend a lot of time traveling on vans, in cars, planes, trains, and automobiles. Wouldn't you rather spend most of your time with friendly people? I mean, really, I, I would like that myself. So that's a requirement for me. And in general, it's just a great idea to surround yourself with positive people. There is a saying going around, and I don't know who started it. I'm sorry, uh, but people are giving Jim Rohn credit for the saying or Zig Ziglar. But the saying is that you are the average of the five most people you hang around with. So check your relationships. Who are you hanging around with the most? Are they where you want to be? Have they accomplished the goals that you want to accomplish? Are they positive people or are they downers? Ask yourself that question. And if you don't like the answer, readjust. Readjust things a little bit. Now I'm about to get into the nine desirable musical traits that I look for when I put a band together. Number one, I look for students of the music. And I don't necessarily mean that they're going to school to study music. I don't mean that in, in that sense. I mean that they're continuously growing. I look for people who are continuously trying to get better. The greatest musicians that I know have studied the music in every way. The scary thing is that they continue to study even though they are already at a high skill level. And from my observations alone, I'm willing to say that the level of their ability is directly proportionate to the level of their study. And on that note, I'm sorry, I talk about Wynton Marcellus a lot here. Maybe I'll, I need to stop. But there was a time where every time I went to go see Wynton Marcellus live, he was getting better. And to me, that was a scary thought because I, I was believing that he was already the best trumpet player alive today. I know that can be argued. Don't get mad at me for saying that. Uh, but just consider that he did win the, the Grammy for classical and jazz the same year. No one's done that since or before. So I, I just was always amazed when I saw Winton getting better year after year. And that's really how it should be, though, when you think about that. Because as long as you're alive, you want to grow. So I always look for a student of the music. Number two, I look for a performer. And this simply means that I prefer someone that is an active performer. I prefer someone 
that is performing in other groups outside of my own group. It doesn't matter what style of music they're performing, as long as they're performing. And the reason is this. There are lessons that performing teaches you that you cannot get anywhere else. No amount of practice will prepare you for performance. It's just two totally different things. So I try to make sure that I surround myself with performers. Number three, again, I put flexible on the list. Uh, listen to me here. This is a different explanation. If one of my band members gets sick suddenly, then come, then some changes have to come and be made. I prefer a group that's okay with that. That'll go with the flow and not panic because things are different than rehearsed. So I'm talking in a musical sense here and not in um, not in a character sense or or in the sense of a philosophy. So number four on the list for desirable musical traits is I look for players that have great time. I mean, really, need I say more? <laughs> but timing is everything in music. So I like to surround myself with players with good time. Number five, I look for players that have good vocabulary. We all have our favorite licks, I know, but a good vocabulary will keep things interesting for all parties involved, including the listener. So I look for that. Number six on the desirable musical traits list is I look for people who are active listeners. Another way I, I like to say that is I look for people who are sensitive to the moment. This is tied to being flexible, but you have to be aware of your environment and move with your environment and not be stuck on ideas that you predetermine. Number seven, I look for people who promote music. Many musicians don't seem to realize that in today's world, we have to promote ourselves. If you don't promote yourself, then you end up playing to an empty room. In the short term, you, you'll earn little or no money at all. And in the long term, you end up not having anywhere to perform at all. And the podcast just before this one, episode 17, if you didn't hear it, go back and press play on that because I give some very valuable tips on how to, how to sell yourself. Number eight on the desirable musical traits list is I look for musicians that write music. It's always better, in my opinion, when all of the band members write new songs and bring them to the group instead of one person writing all of the songs. First, you have more color, you add more variety, more personality to the group. The group is made up of individuals. It's not just one person playing solo. We all assist each other. So I believe in assisting with the writing as well. Now, there are times when you will just play one person's music and that's understood. But if you're a, a real group and you've been playing together for some years, I prefer for me, my taste, to have people that all write and bring their music to the table because I believe it makes the group more attractive to the audience. And I have a short story here for you to illustrate that point. I have a friend and we would do some jobs together and we are two totally different people. I mean, we are like totally opposite ends of the spectrum, but we're friends and we get along just fine. But he talks to people in a certain way that I would never talk to people. He says things in a way that I would never say them. And we can talk to a person in our own way and still totally connect with them. However, there are some people who we just can't connect with. Or let me rephrase that. There are some people that I might not be able to connect with, but he can connect with because he's so different than I am. And they may relate to his, his form of communication better than they relate to my form of communication. 
So when we're talking about people writing music and bringing it to the band, I think that example is a is a good example. So if you've ever recorded a CD or or an album and people are telling you, hey, man, uh, your second and third CD sound just like your first. Like, when are you going to change it up? Well, consider letting your other band members add to the color of the album. And that might be just what you need. And number nine on the list is I look for people that share my vision. When your bandmates share your vision, it prevents them from just showing up to another job and collecting a check. So first of all, if you're a band leader, you need to make your vision clear. And I can go back to that San Antonio Spurs example that I gave a few minutes ago as a reference. As a leader, you want to make your vision clear. Why are you together as a band? What are you trying to accomplish? Make that clear from the beginning. Then you'll know why everyone's there. And you give people the option to to leave if they choose. And if they don't leave, you know you got people that are with you to the end. And that's great. And even and, e- and even if things change along the way, there's nothing hidden. So again, if you're a leader, share your vision in the beginning. Make it clear to everyone. And I believe that you guys will have a better journey all together. Now, these are just some traits that I thought of. And like I said in the beginning, these are not by any means all inclusive. So one more time. Just to sum everything up for you, I divided the list into two categories, one being personality personality traits, and then the other group were musical traits. And here we are. I'm just going to go through the list really quick. Number one, trustworthy person. Number two, humble person. Number three, honest person. Number four, I look for patience. Number five, I look for a flexible person. Number six, I look for a friendly person. And here are the nine desirable musical traits. Number one, I look for students of the music. Number two, constant performer. I look for a constant performer. Number three, flexible people. Number four, I look for great time. Number five, good vocabulary. Number six, I look for active listeners that are sensitive to the moment. Number seven, I look for musicians that promote the music. Number eight, I look for musicians that write music. Number nine, I look for musicians that will share the vision. And that's all for today's episode, everybody. And if you happen to be listening to this on the day that it's posted, happy Independence Day. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I want to leave you by reminding you to please rate behind the note on iTunes or Stitcher, whichever platform you prefer. And I will be very thankful. We only have a couple more weeks left on the new and noteworthy section. So your ratings and reviews would be greatly appreciated. Help keep the show visible. And thanks again for pressing play. God bless you. And I'll catch you in the next episode.